Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. I think we're into. Uh, I think yeah. I think we're into episode three. This is this, so episode three. <clears throat> you guys probably been wondering what the heck's up with the name. So Tugalag, right? It's a weird thing. I kind of wanted it to be a a sensation. It's like, oh, do you Tugalag? Do you do that? And then people are like, well, what, what does that mean? And then you say, they, well, I listen to this podcast, and this it gets the conversation going. That's kind of where I wanted that. But then you know, someone brought it up and said, well, well there's an S in there. So it's like two galags or two two lags or something like that. Anyways, it's different with the S. I just it never struck on me to hit the S, but then I thought of it. Well, it's just some guests, so it's just sometimes. It's not always. So today we have our first. It is more about us. So I mean, it is. (laughs) It is. Without Mike and I, there's no show. I mean, that's pretty obvious, right? (laughs) So, so we're way more important than some guests. But this some <laughs> guest, this guy, this guy's got some importance. He's all right. He's a pretty cool guy. This guy is Joel, and uh, he's joining us. He's our first guest ever, inaugural guest show on our third show. So thanks a lot for joining us on our show today, Joel. Thanks, guys. Happy yeah, thanks for coming in, Joel. You can hear that a lot. I'm going to say Joel sometimes. Mike, do you ever call him Joel, or is it always just Joel? No, it's always been Joel for me. I mean, if it was Joel, it was a long time ago <laughs> in the early days. I don't ever remember you calling me Joel. Probably just in class, eh? When you were when you have to talk <laughs> French and you don't have a choice, otherwise you get your hands whipped. We went to a rough school. So. <laughs> no, that's not true. We loved our school. So okay, so let's let's start right out of the gates here. All right, check my fanny. So. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, we do a quick overview of our league. So we've got a, our own personal fantasy hockey league, which is the reason why the show exists. And we like to just check in and just see how things are going. Um, Mike or, I mean, even Joelle, if you're up for it too, you can uh, quick overview of the standings. What's going on in our league right now? Who's doing what, where? Joel, why don't you go ahead and take all this, man? Give us a rundown of what's going on there this week. Oh, right on the spot. Yeah, no pressure. Eh? He does not look ready. <laughs> Just so everybody uh, knows, this ready. is a podcast ready. he doesn't look ready. There's sweat. <laughs> it's way too it's way too early to uh, call anything. Obviously, um, I've been enjoying the season so far, despite my my team struggling due to injuries. But yeah. uh, um, it, it's it's a bottleneck right now. It's nice to see that some undefeated teams are finally going down. It's nice to see some teams that struggled out of the gate are starting to come up. Um, yeah, like I look at the standings, I look at the uh, the points for, points against. Uh, other than the two rebuilding teams, which are the Pondhog and the Royals, uh, our forwards we're we're all together. Like we're all, yeah. no one's really pulling away from anyone. Goaltending right. is where it, it's uh, it's making a turn for the Dragons, the Cougars, and the uh, Demons. They've got a couple of shutouts, at least two or three shutouts each, and that's where they've pulled away uh, point wise from Good the point. pack. Um, but again, it's early. Uh, and it's funny that defensemen haven't played a bigger role in this because, and I'm saying this as having the clear worst defensive of the, the, the better teams that are structured and ready to win. Now I've got the worst defensive core and that's for sure. And I don't find they're, they're sort of make or breaking anything right now. Now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, the scoring change really hasn't changed too, too much. Um, it's, the two, like I mentioned, the two rebuilding teams, they're in the other division. So we have two divisions. We have the Howe division and the Gretzky division. And the two rebuilding teams just happen to be in the same league, uh, the same division. And that is 
the other division. Our division, we all, three of us just happen to be all in the same one. Uh, we're beating on each other. Yeah, um, when we, <laughs> so the way our schedule works, we have 16 games that are played within our own division and only 10 against the other. Um, and for the last three, four years, our division, which is the how division, uh, has dominated the other division. Yeah. Uh, so like right now it's almost been uh, a murderer's role man oh yeah for sure and we've talked about maybe uh kind of changing things up a little bit maybe uh, shaking up the 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 divisions but i'm a i don't know i i like uh how at some point it'll be the other way like it it, there's a there's a cycle to this like you can change it next year if you want but then you're gonna run into the same issue at some point again anyways But it, I, I think you, you touched on a little bit and you made a very good point that we're beating up on ourselves. Like, and it's true. So, and what's probably going to happen this week because having a, oh, where are this, oh, the scores. I want to look at the scores for this week right now because, so for those who don't know, we, re- we record this on Sunday, which happens to be our last day of our fantasy week. So whatever happens tonight, it ultimately determines a win or a loss or a tie. And so this week I'm going to drop from three to one, three and two, um, Pawn hogs are going to beat the Royals. Do we mention what happens to the record? I, <laughs> I mean, the basement is still the basement, right? So uh, the Dragons and Cougars. So it's 38-39 right now. Um, and that's for the Cougars. So is there a goalie situation? Oh, Markstrom's got an... Or oh, unless he's not playing. Do you know if Markstrom is not playing? Thank God. He's not playing. Okay. My Lord. <laughs> uh, is Shurstigan... Avoids injury. So, okay. Is Shurstikin uh, playing tonight? Do you know? No, Giorgio's playing in the uh, Rangers game. Okay, so you've got no goalie. So is Gibson playing? Now, that's the other one, because Gibson in Anaheim. So if he plays I believe Gibson plays later on tonight, yes. Against Vancouver. So It's going to be a tough goal, man. It'll be right down to the wire between Ryan and I. Guaranteed two points right there, because Vancouver. So you started the night a point ahead, and now you're... You're a point back. I yeah. Right Monahan's got a couple of assists. Oh, I think. he does. Look at that. Monahan finally doing mm-hmm. wow. Magnify. Yeah. See, and that's the thing. Monahan's still on his way out. Like he's got. Uh, I don't know. I am surprised Ryan even picked him up, let alone started him. That's a shocker, a little bit. Um, I sorry, but I do. I still believe that Ryan's going to beat you, and he's. He's the team to beat. The way I feel this thing going right now, he is the team to beat. Joel, would you? Uh, what would you think? Well, we'll see how tonight finishes, man. I I do agree. It's funny, like Ryan. Every season, like come draft, you know, like it's nothing spectacular, but his guys just produce, and he's steady. He's never falling. Like so, yeah. He he's always the go-to. Dragons have been rebuilding. This year seems to be like the surgeons. Now he's he's turned the corner, and now he's going. You made a big push. I'm supposed to be there. Um, like it's 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 a silly division. It's a really <laughs> tough division. It is. Um, but I find our, this our year, division is going to be brutal. It well, that's a, and I I couldn't agree more. And I think I find with this season, it's going to be like this the whole year. Where like the first place, first place, and last place are going to be within a game or two. It's there. There might even be like a four-way tie for something. Who knows? Like, I mean, it's Me it's going to be so. The whole year is going to be like up and down for us. Because if you look at points for and points against too, we're all neck and neck with each other. Everything's really close. Like, you know, take the two bottom dwellers out. It's obvious those two guys are sixty-four and fifty-three points behind first for points four, whereas the rest of us are at worst nineteen points behind. 
that's within arm's reach. Everyone is scoring at an insane pace right now. And the more demons, or less, sorry. The demons and the Buccaneers are laughing. Like they're laughing at us because we're beating the hell out of each other. Yeah. And they have to deal with two rebuilding teams. Like They're the, fine. Yeah. They're, they know they're going to end up in the money and everything's okay. So they, they get to just sort of sit back and relax. So. But it's fine. This is the kind of stuff that you want to see from a league where it's, you know, maybe it's not as widespread as we would like it to be, where all eight teams are in the thick of things and everyone's doing really well. I don't know that that's necessarily possible uh, with eight teams to have every team clicking. And at the end of the day, the only thing that separates first from last is one point kind of thing. I don't know that you can do that with eight teams. I don't with think so, rebuilding yeah. teams, rebuilding teams is always going to be a part of somebody's structure. Once you get into the realm of eight teams, you're bound to hit someone or some people, some teams going through a rebound because, or a rebuild. No matter what happens, it's it's a way to attack a, a fantasy concept to try and, and and get yourself, especially in a keeper league. Obviously, it's the only one that really makes any sense. Where you're trying to get ahead of it, and you're, you're thinking to yourself, okay, down the road, I want this this guy on my team, so I'm going to sacrifice this guy on my team, and then as the years go on, you hopefully you get better. But with many other types of structured systems for, for for fantasy leagues, that kind of thing just doesn't work. Um, that's part of the reason why our our league is so unique and so special is that we've got elements that actually work very similarly to the NHL. Um, and actually, we talked about this uh, on our, our first episode. And even in our bonus track where we uh, sort of broke down the owners and stuff like that, we made things make sense, hopefully. If people still have questions, feel free to ask. But um, I know that we didn't actually touch base on one thing in particular that Joel, I know, I, apparently it pissed you off so much so that you broke a plate. Is that true? I heard no, that. That was no, on Twitter. No, no, oh, it no. wasn't. Oh, it wasn't true. No, okay, no, I read no. it on. I read it on Twitter. Uh, <clears throat> but um, but anyways, so it's, uh, I think I think I got, I'm getting to my point here, Joel. Like I think you you wanted to. There was something you felt that we omitted that is part of the reason why our league is so special. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what what that was? Yes. Well, I think one of the main things that I love so much about our league, uh, which you did touch on before, one, it, it really is, it has been built by the owners, all eight of us. We all have a say. We all make sure that we all have a vote. We all have a voice. Uh, but the, one of the best things I love about this league is the parody that we have in it. And we've gone, we've done a lot of things to make sure that parody's there. Um, for instance, like the schedule. Uh, yes, I did say that we've got 16 games against our own division, 10 against the other. Um there, but the, the extra games out there, we make sure that the bottom four play against each other a little bit more and the top four from the previous year uh, play a little bit more. Uh, it gives everybody a chance to, you know, you're kind of playing against your own caliber a little bit more. It makes the, the standings a little bit tighter. Um, but another thing that brings parity to our league, uh, which I, looking out, like I, I, I've been a member of lots of different hockey leagues and I haven't seen any that use our system, which is a mid-season draft. Uh, so what the mid-season draft yes. is, uh, instead of an ad drop, uh, letting owners do ad drops throughout the year anytime, um, our owners can't do ad drops. What we do is mid-season, which is around, I guess around January, February, what we do is whatever the standings are at that point in time, now we have a draft. We have a five, five or six round draft usually. Um, and all the players that have broken out throughout the season, uh, they're sitting there waiting for the teams that are struggling to jump on. Uh, it gives them a chance to catch up, 
It, uh, if that's what they're hoping to do, if there's a rookie that broke out, it gives them first crack at it to help them with the rebuild. Um, it, it's just a great way to make sure that the players that have broken out go to the teams that need it most. Um, and also another thing about the midseason draft is that you can trade your picks. Um, so it's added so much more flavor to our, our trades. Uh, yeah. not, not only are you trading your entry draft picks, but you're also trading your midseason draft picks. Mm -hmm. And we're having more trades. Uh, we're forced to. If we're struggling, we can't just go to the waiver wire and just add drop any player. You have to, if you really want to stay competitive yeah. and you're struggling, you have to make trades. And I love it. It yeah. makes our owners talk. It, like everyone's engaged. Like, it, like, was this something that you thought up on your on your own kind of thing like in terms of like bringing a mid-season draft or was it just sort of a concept that sort of morphed into a mid-season draft? I, I honestly can't remember. It, ah. We started in 98 and I don't remember why I created it, uh, but we did have it right away. Uh, but okay. I, I can't remember why we decided to do that. I think we are worried that some people don't like in our, in our league, don't have the luxury of sitting in front of a computer all day right, and just okay. and chew on stats and yeah. just jump on the next guy that just got called up yeah. that afternoon. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of guys that were handcuffed, like as opposed to some of us that were sitting in front of the computer, we could jump on these guys. It just wasn't fair. So no. that was one of the, I, I know that was one of the reasons that we wanted to give everybody the same crack at all the best players that have come out. Yeah. I mean, it does make it more fair, right? I mean, <clears throat> I myself am in a couple of daily fantasies, and as Joel's alluding to, that's the type of thing where, I mean, if you're somebody that works uh, and you're working on a computer most of the day, you have a chance to kind of toggle between that, check and see who's available, who's out there, go over a few stats and so on and so forth. The thing I've loved about our pool, and Joel's mentioned it, is that mid-season basically I could, you know, I could be sitting there with any, any team could be sitting there with an undefeated record and they want this guy so bad. So that can potentially end up with a trade. Of course, we have it set up that way so that the lowest place team has the chance to get that hot shot rookie or whoever. I mean, case in point right now, if I'm not mistaken, a good example would be Troy Terry. The guy's absolutely ripping it up. And I believe he's absolutely owned by no one, not even on a taxi squad. And that's the beauty of it. If I want him that bad as an undefeated team going into the midseason, you're going to pony up for it. No problem. But it really does offer a little bit of um, uh, parity. You're right. It Joel does trigger mentioned. more trades in that sense, too, which I hadn't really thought of. Like, you know, there's guys that are going to be available at the midseason. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm going to make a move now just to get an earlier midseason pick. Mm -hmm. You're right, and it you know it's sort of forced by design in a sense by not having the the daily ad drops. There's really only one other way we could have left it so that you only do trades. Let's say you know during the season, but it's it's just it's always wide open. But again, we wanted to be closer to the NHL, so we actually don't allow trades after a certain point, just like the NHL does. There's a there's a cutoff point for that. So we have certain cutoff points and rules that we sort of have to abide by. So that's I mean put it all together. It's an extremely unique league. It, it's really there's as far as I know there isn't another league out there like this anytime I talk to other people with what they have for fantasies and you know our fans still need to tell us exactly what kind of fantasy leagues they have out there so we can give them the right kind of information but that aside we ourselves are very proud of this league we would love to share the structure of this league and see more leagues like it come up because it's 
Joy, you made a very good point. Like because of the structure, it actually keeps the the GMs engaged with each other. There's always going to be uh, conversations. You can either do a, a <laughs> how many times have we seen simply uh, picks being traded uh, as opposed to players? And tell me, there's an there's a ad drop league somewhere out there with <laughs> where people are just trading picks. Like that doesn't exist. Like it's just not. It again, it's very very unique. So, you know, kudos to you for for making it happen. 25 years ago well again thanks but like it all the credit needs to go to all the owners like our, we have a constitution that's open every three years that is open for changes we all vote yeah. if it doesn't get majority out um yeah it, it's been created by the owners and it's gonna stay that way all right um so that's enough pumping of our tires here i'm sure people want us to move around the league a little bit so there we, i'm I don't know if this is going to happen every week, but we've maybe it's because we've got a guest on today, but we kind of changed the, the, the structure a little bit. So we're going to do this thing. This name may or may not stick, uh, but uh, around the league in 30 plays. It doesn't make any sense because we're not going to talk about 30 different teams, but uh, we're just for now going to keep the name around the league in 30 plays. Where, is, there, are, is there stuff going around the league that you guys wanted to bring up, things you wanted to mention? Uh, I know I've got, a couple, I've got a couple of things, but um, I don't want to just take over the show kind of thing. So, Mike, was there anything that was going on around the league that you wanted to bring up or teams? Well, I know players? that um, the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins is something that uh, we've all been wanting to uh, chit-chat a little about. I know you and I have had a chance off uh, – off air to chat about them and it's definitely something that is quite of interest in regards to the fact of how are they doing this without their stars i just don't understand how they can continue to do so well especially in this division again this the metropolitan division is extremely talented uh every single team in that league is still a week later over 500 uh pittsburgh included and they're actually out of the playoff hunt right now just because the division is so difficult but you gotta wonder at some point this is extremely early, but is Mike Sullivan already the Jack Adams Award winner? Does something need to happen? He's definitely in that conversation for me right now. I mean, this guy's dealing with a team that is last place right now in playoff, uh, so and not in playoff percentage, but in power play percentage. Good call. So, I mean, just an, another point, like we talked about this too, Marty, on previous shows. They're like, they're these guys are getting ready for a run at some point here, like. Yeah, whether that's a whether that's a numerous four game runs or whether they go on a big five, six, seven, eight game yeah. run, there's a run there's a run in Pittsburgh at some point this year. If they can continue to hold water like they are, that's I mean, the like that's the I think with this kind of uh, show this early in the season with this many injuries and these many people going off on COVID and that kind of stuff, including the coach at one point, you have to assume. That if no matter what position they get in the playoffs, because at this point now I do think they're in the playoffs. Sorry, there's two conversations I want to have. There's the one where they make the playoffs because of the the way this team has sort of found themselves within a system that allows them to be successful without their stars. Um, it's 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 commendable. Um, and there's a lot of players that uh, it's sorry. It's a it's a team effort thing. Like I talked about in the last show, where there's two different types of things you can do in the NHL. You can either have a system that everybody buys into, or you can have players uh, and skill and that kind of thing where skill carries you the whole time where like you got a Washington and in some cases Pittsburgh but not, not right now um, uh, Colorado like high offensive teams that just rely on their players their 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 otherworldly players and that's how they get through the their games and that's how they get through their bad stretches and that's how they go on these crazy runs but then you got teams like Nashville or St. Louis even St. Louis is a little bit different story they're kind of more balanced this year but 
teams that play a system, New York Islanders, perfect example. That's a team that plays a system that doesn't rely on necessarily a whole lot of skill. So Pittsburgh has found themselves in a situation where um, they're outperforming themselves, but also in a season where they can that that are going to organically add to that outperformance already. Because once Malkin and Crosby comes back, that's where things you have to assume, right? That's where things go even further up from there. Well, jo- Joel, I don't know if you're gonna I don't know if you're gonna agree with me or not, but does does the winning culture to a certain extent not have a little bit to play in this? I mean, going back to Marty's point with Mike Sullivan and talking about coach of the year, it, it does kind of start from the top. I mean that that's a coach who knows how to win. Those those players have been around winners: Crosby, Malkin, Latang. I mean, th- these winning culture does come into play, does it not? At some point, Joel, that they are doing much better than I thought they would with the the two star players being out. Having said that, like they're barely at five hundred. Uh, they're out of a playoff spot right now. Like obviously, it's too early to talk about playoff spots, but like I even with Crosby and Malkin coming by, like. Don't don't get me wrong. Credit with Chris do. Sullivan's doing great. The team's doing great. I don't even see them making the playoffs this year. I don't see any award going coach of the year. Um, yes, there is a winning like it, they've been winning for years. But this is I, I, I just feel despite them, you know, keeping afloat while their two guys are out. It, it's a good story, but I personally think it's all for naught. I think I think you're forgetting. You're saying Crosby and Malcolm, but you're forgetting about the fact that Russ was out as well. Carter was out as well. At one point, Carter was to them like he at the, out of the gates. He kind of carried that team for a couple of games, and all of a sudden he got COVID and he was gone. Like they were the first team that are what the Ottawa Senators are right now, which is um, it seems like the whole team just you know shared a straw or something and now everybody's got covid so at one point that's basically what was going on with pittsburgh it wasn't covid it was a lot of it was injuries as well but i think now uh and letang as well was out um i don't know if i mentioned that already but anyways but you're right like this could easily just be and this is my other side of the coin so when crosby did come back for one game they lost they lost to new jersey 4-2 and at the time new jersey was not playing as well as they are right now they were a team that they should have beaten with the tr- the way the two trajectories were going it's been a lot of that this year i find though there's been a lot of teams that sort of going in opposite directions and you sort of expect them to beat this team or that team and then it's like out of nowhere the oilers kind of fell into that category this week we'll touch that later on the on our other segment but um but anyways i i i, I do I don't think you're wrong. I, I, I don't know that the Penguins are necessarily going to be that good when, they, when Crosby and Malcolm come back. I honestly that's, think that's going to disturb whatever chemistry they've got going on right now, which I do think is actually working. I think the best way to it, sort of ensure a playoff run is for Crosby and Malcolm to come in and um, <laughs> I don't know how you do this, but play a quiet role um, and, and not disrupt what's going on and just add to it. Um, it, there's a way to there's a way to do that 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 makes sense and I just finished watching Ted Lasso and I'm just thinking of this one scene where their star kicker if you guys don't watch Ted Lasso right now you really should you guys would love it um, but their star kicker leaves for another team and then comes back and then they had to sort of adjust and he had to make some adjustments and it just made sense it reminds me a lot of what the Penguins have are going to face pretty soon because Crosby's back I think even tonight um, he is playing tonight. But Malkin's not due back until I don't know December or January. Or I don't know. I, I I don't. I can't. I can't agree with you um, on that. Like they need Crosby and Malkin to step in, not have a quiet whenever they come back. Like I said, they're they're barely afloat. 
you can't be counting on Evan Rodriguez and <laughs> to be your top scorer. Um, Happening too. He's a uh, number two as well. I think he's on your team. <laughs> yeah, Enjoy. That's right. No, <laughs> I was hoping for bigger numbers. Obviously, like yeah. if uh, the big wow. boys were were playing, and maybe yeah. they'll come. But uh, no, like they can't keep doing what they're doing right now because uh, they'll be they'll be way too far behind. I think maybe with the big thing for them that that's going to kill them is the division that they're playing in. Like that, we're we're, we're talking about our sure. own division in our fantasy pool. That's a murderer's row division right now of teams. I mean, I, if I'm not mistaken, everybody's still over 500. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're going to have a yeah. tough time. You can't tread water in that division. You need to lead. The, the possibility is there for them to get in. But man, oh man, you're going to have to have a lot of those what ifs to hit. A lot of them. I mean, I, again, I, I think they're playing really well with the situation that they're under right now. I mean, yeah. The way he's coaching that team right now, sure, you can throw him in there for a coach of the year. Certainly not saying he's going to win it. No, no, no. But you can cer- you can certainly throw him in there. But yeah, like, I mean, they are in tough to get it done. I think he gets more serious consideration if they do make it to the playoffs. I think they if they do end up in the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. I think at that point there, it's like, yeah, he probably still wouldn't get it, though. He'd probably end up giving it to whoever wins the Stanley Cup, and that'll be that. But um, I think there's, there's a couple of teams this year that have made some interesting non-moves and just sort of said you know we're gonna we're gonna do things differently and we're gonna we're gonna play like we got nothing to lose two of them are the kings and anaheim both of them uh going into the season not expected to do anything they're in a rebuild and you know it is what it is maybe a couple years in for la um they've got a couple established pieces and you know that kind of thing but not necessarily that much further along than anaheim but look at both of them now, with L.A., I think part of that is because Quick has decided I'm not handing this team over just yet to, uh, was it Peterson? Um, and I think that's a big reason for that. Iafalo is another one, too. I think he's finally starting to come in his own. The year after, I decide to no longer protect him and just let him go so he can go have points for... Actually, nobody picked him up. So, yeah, he's still, <laughs> still out there. Kopitar, again, you know, refusing to retire and still playing amazing hockey. Um, but like as an example, uh, so I'm looking at Peterson, he's currently sitting at 284, 902, which is not great numbers, but you know, it's his team. He's supposed to be taking over this year, but then you got quick who's coming in at 198 and 935 and he's got eight games to seven. So going forward, you can bank on, on this being a 50, 50 split. Joel, I think you have Peterson. Do I, I, it's just a matter of time. Yeah. Like I think they've, uh, started clicking a little well not clicking um they're doing better than they were expected their veterans are doing what they need to do while the kids uh, are cooking in the oven and boy are they going to be so dangerous for years to come so yeah i grabbed them to not necessarily expect much of them from this year yeah. but i'm looking forward to like years, years for kings, sure like letting um them. yeah so unless there's anything else you guys wanted to get into, there was only one other thing I kind of wanted to mention, which is it's maybe a, it's a bad time for it, though, but because Detroit's kind of been coming back down off their high. Is this and, and like, is that a, a trend for them right now? Are they about to are they about to tank another season? Like, is this about to get worse for them? Because they came out pretty strong. And, and the concept here is it's, it's something that Mike and I had wanted to talk about for a little while now. Is this Tampa 2.0? Is this Steve Eisenman coming in and. And doing his thing where he <laughs> just makes it very obvious that he was not only good at playing hockey on the ice, but he's good at playing hockey above the ice and, and overseeing something because 
this team feels like it's got some vibes as well. He's a smart man. It, it's fun. It's <laughs> you, you see it so often, like players finding head office jobs and stuff. And they, there's so many hit and misses. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, comes to mind. My, exactly. Uh, but man, he, yeah. Eisenman has brought his hockey uh, smarts, hockey sense up into that office and uh, well, wherever he's gone. And it's incredible I mean, to see. He's, Oh, I know. I'm just, if, if you guys don't mind, I'd just like to touch on a couple of his draft picks over the last little while. And, and like Joel's saying, and I mean, wherever it seems like wherever this guy goes, most of the stuff that he touches turns to gold. I mean, drafting alone in the last three years, in 2019, he grabs Cider as sixth overall. He grabs Lucas Raymond fourth overall the following year in 2020. And then he picks up Simon Edmondson, a defenseman, six overall in the uh, draft in uh, 2021. And to, on top of that, he, he's got potentially his goaltender of the future in Sebastian Cosa, who we picked up 16th, or sorry, 15th overall last year as well. So the drafting for me, on top of uh, some of these little deals that he's making, getting the Delkovich out of Carolina for, in my opinion, an absolute steal, He's getting Verana out of Washington again to me. Steel. I was. Uh, you know, now five years from now, are we talking about a Stanley Cup for Detroit? I don't know that. I don't think any of us do, obviously. But I mean, for me, and it's funny as a fantasy manager, you almost follow him. You follow him when he went to Detroit. I, to me, for me personally, I, maybe you guys feel differently. My stock in Dylan Larkin went up. Yeah. Because now you've, now you've got the captain of captains from the, the Detroit franchise. You got Larkin, who's from the area. He's got a lot of pride in that team. It's his hometown team. So, I mean, things like that. It's, it's kind of funny, not just in real life, but in the fantasy as well. You almost tend to kind of follow him a little bit and see what he's doing and who he's picking. Because you almost know that somewhere along the line, these gems are going to turn out, right? He's not a bad guy to mimic and sort of follow around and see what he's doing and then just sort of, you know, run your own fantasy league around that and and just sort of not you know, like it's not money in the bank if you're in a you know, if you're not in a keeper league because right now he's trying to build something for the future. He's not necessarily building something. But I did manage to that was one reason is exactly why I kept Verana. Uh, was because Eiserman not only went out and got him, but he signed him to a three-year contract. And his first, you know, taste of Detroit was eight goals in 11 games, 11 points. Like, obviously, there's something that's going to click very well there. And my hope is that Eiserman saw something in Verona that he wants to nurture in Detroit. So there's going to be several players like that, and they're all going to flourish. And that's the style he's looking for. I, I can't say I know the style because I'm not a GM and I'm not... Like, I, I've never coached hockey, and I've certainly never scouted hockey. So I can't tell you what it is that he's seeing and what he's looking for, but it seems to click. And some of these players click very well together. Bertuzzi and Larkin, like you'd mentioned, Lucas Raymond, uh, Moritz Sider. These guys are obviously playing well together, so there's something there that's that's cohesive that Eiserman thought in his mind, you know, put these kids together and watch them run. They'll, they'll do really well. Is he helping with Team oh, that, Canada, sir? Oh, good question. Google it. I think Somebody he is. Google. I think you're right, Joel. I don't know if he's in like in some big official title, but I believe I think you're right. I mean, it'd be crazy not to ask him, right? Like you, you ask Steve Eisenman, "Hey, you want to do everything?" And then you just any kind of input you can get from him. Well, I mean, some, are we not connected to the internet here, guys? Can someone? 
look it up. It's Steve Eisenman on Team Canada. Yep. Coaching staff. Are you on it? Let's Executive see who wins. Executive director. Executive director. There you go. That makes sense. Beautiful. Oh, um, oh no. Oh, no, hold on. Oh, no, oh. It's an old story. Old story. No, it post- says he was, oh. he was a member. Oh, that's not good. Something happened. I see now. So now we know if Team Canada loses, we know why. We know where we can look. We can say it's because you morons let Steve Eisenman walk. You don't let Steve Eisenman walk. You let him run the team. Okay, so we've got well, the, the nice thing- Blues GM. Doug Armstrong will serve as the GM of Team Canada. Uh, Edmonton Oilers GM Ken Holland will serve as associate GM. Seattle Kraken Ron Francis and Boston Bruin Don Sweeney will serve as assistance GMs. Uh, Luongo is helping with scouting. Uh, so no, I mean at that point, Eisman's not taking any lower role. I mean, so he's not in there. He's not the front office. The nice thing about the uh, Eisman and his plan is you're kind of getting the best of both worlds, right? Because he's got that whole patient approach. But as you see with Lucas Raymond this year, he's very, very flexible in regards to okay, like if this kid's kind of ready and he's running with it here, like we'll we're gonna go with it a little bit. Like he'll still want most yeah. of these guys to marinate in the minors, but the nice thing about it is he's got yeah. a little bit more of that trigger finger that maybe previous Detroit management teams didn't have, that maybe didn't even need to have because they were so good. Yeah, he's just... officially not on the list. Well, yeah. okay. so that's it. I'm I'm disgusted with Team Canada already. Well, go, they, they're, saying they're not. Sh- they're not. <laughs> they're saying they're not sure if the, he declined or he was shut out. It's. It's. Oh, that's it's even unclear. worse. There's drama behind it now. You know what? Good for C. Yeah, good for Steve Eisman. Don't go near that. That's a dumpster fire. That's terrible. Just build, build that Detroit Red Wings franchise. Just, yeah, stay focused in Detroit. Go Detroit. It's, it's still white and red. Just do it. It's the same thing. <laughs> All right, folks. Let's 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 do a little step here. Step four. We're gonna keep walking, keep marching. Um, we're gonna change this one up a little bit instead of um, Oily Habs because we've got our guest here, and his he is not a big fan of either the Habs or the Oilers. Not to say that he hates them either, but his team is the Canucks. So we're changing. Well, changing. I, hate, I hate the Habs. I hate. Oh, oh, I was just about to say. I was just about to say that. I'm like, I can't let hate. that go. Hate. Oh my goodness, oh, there is hate. My- yeah, my favorite team is the Vancouver Canucks. My second team is the Golden Knights. And my third is anyone who beats the Habs. <laughs> is that tattooed on your back? Is that something? It is. Okay, yeah. we'll have to get, we'll get an image up on uh, Instagram. <laughs> Doesn't so, exist if there are no photos. So we'll, we're going to go into called My Habs and Knucks are Oily. So that means the order of it is changed a little bit. So we're going to start with the Habs, then we'll go to the Canucks, then we'll end with the Oilers. So why don't you go ahead and start us up there, Michael? Well, gentlemen, it has been a little bit less of a tire fire this week. <laughs> Aren't you jealous? There's not much to look. There's not much to look up to, but um, well, there was the winning Calgary. Are, well, no, hey, listen, I, I, I'll take it. I'll take it. It was a good effort. I don't know if it was just a one-off, but whatever. Um, you got put. You, you got points out of the last three games. So listen, if Suzuki uh, looks we're good, going for more. Yeah, yeah, he's looking okay. So I mean, you got a couple of overtime losses to Detroit and to LA this week. Yeah, uh, they're playing. They're playing Boston tonight. So uh, Marty, can you remind Toulouse. me to give your dad a shout after the show, please? Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, as for this week, they got uh, they got the Rangers on Tuesday, they got Pittsburgh on Thursday, and they got Nashville on Saturday. So in my personal opinion, things don't really get e- any easier. Not like any week's really going to be easy the way my Habs are playing this year. But no. Um, 
to go over their record, uh, like I do every week, we're looking at uh, 16 games played. They're four and 10 with two uh, overtime losses for 10 points. The goals for and goals against continues to be atrocious. 34 4, <laughs> 53 against for a minus 19. And the power play is absolutely clicking at 14.6%. <laughs> With a with a penalty kill of seventy point four, so other than getting points, other than getting points in the three games this week, boys, it was about the same as last week. We're yeah, exactly. That's it. We're in the realm of. Uh, please tell. Okay, it's two. Actually, I'm gonna ask you this question. Please tell me. Even Bergeron is aware that it, there's playoffs are off the table, right? Oh, dude. I mean, like long ago a, at this point, because the league's as, only two as, weeks, a, so as a fan in. of the team, as a fan of the team, 16 games in. And in my personal opinion, there's absolutely no identity. I mean, yeah, I, I, I was absolutely shocked whenever they beat Calgary the way they did. Now, ha, I mean, especially I could, Calgary. It was just I, I, I really thought that Calgary was going to roll in there and really, really kind of hand it to them. I really did. Uh, Calgary was playing great at that point. Uh, they're still not playing so bad, obviously. But yeah. I mean, it, it's it, it's just, it it's not good. It's not getting any better, especially last night with Allen getting hit. Um, thanks a lot, Jeff yeah. Petrie. What a, what a move what? by like, Petrie. Honestly, I got to say that before I let this oh. segment go, guys. As a Habs fan, what in God's name is Jeff Petrie doing? Like, you haven't been scoring all year long, guy. And now you're going to yeah. throw Dylan Larkin into our backup <laughs> goaltender. Like multiple. How can I bring oh, more attention God. to myself? Honestly, like <laughs> a guy, like if he wasn't, I, I almost thought about putting him in as my beast this week again. Like, ah, what, are you do, I, what are you doing, man? And it's such a drop off for him. Like, oh, honestly, he, it, it, it was weird because when he came into Montreal, I like, he, I, I still, I'll talk about the story several times. I was drafting for the ice hoppers and I jokingly picked as the last pick, Jeff God. Petrie, his first year in Montreal. And the guy goes out and becomes his best defenseman. And then the next year he's even, he tops that and he does really well. Now all of a sudden he can't play. Like he's completely lost. He looks like a, like like a, a five-year-old in a lineup for hot potato. And he's like, I don't know what to do with this. And like, he's just completely lost. I'll be honest with you. For me, the only thing I can come up with is that he's trying to fill so much of Shea Weber's shoes that he's all over the place. That's, the, I mean. so not Shea Weber though. <laughs> uh, my God. I, don't even try. Don't even, look, look, no. look at, if, if that Play is what game. he's doing, do, if, if that is what he's doing, look at, look at the results. It's absolutely atrocious, man. And it just culminated last night when he's throwing Larkin into the goalie. I'm just like, what's yeah, going on with this guy? It's the icing on the cake at that point. Joel, you <laughs> got anything to say? Come on, I know oh, you no. hate them, oh, but you I, should. I, I usually just fast forward this part of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> 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 at least he's honest, folks. Oh, I love it. I like it. that. I I like that. I no, like the only that. thing I'll throw out there um, is just like outside of the Arizona <laughs> the Coyotes. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the the Habs have a minus nineteen goal differential, which is the the lowest in the league outside, again outside of the Coyotes, um, which makes me happy. There you go. See, there's some happiness. <laughs> I bet it does. We, there's some happiness within you know, Montreal. It's, a, it's about making our guests happy. That's all it is. Uh, I, really. I try and do my best. <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to say this as for the for Canadians at this point. Adopt the we have nothing to lose concept, and you might actually start winning games. 
Play like you've got nothing to lose. Try a bunch of trick plays. Do all kinds of crazy shit this year. Go nuts with it. Because it ain't getting better. And you can't Fight make it right. worse. Just go for it. Just try something stupid. Speaking of doing something stupid, you're Canuck. Actually, Canucks as a whole. Um, do we want even do we even want to tuck on Tucker Pullman? Oh my goodness. Oh, he's, right. he's, he's working on his uh his baseball career when he's done hockey. Oh, I was thinking it was okay. I was gonna say golf, but it doesn't make sense to swing a club that high. Um, <laughs> but I mean, this is is this frustration on his part because I like we don't need to talk about him. I think we should talk about the team as a whole. What happened? There was a lot more hope for you guys this year, and it's not translating that way. I would say no, the, the expectations were timid. Like they they were they weren't high. Uh, you look at the guys, the, the teams in the West, like it's a, they're, they're given teams, right? Like I believe there's the three Canadian teams that are going to make it. Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg. Uh, you throw in Vegas, St. Louis, and Colorado in there. Even Sorry, though hold on, hold on. You knew coming into this year, Calgary was going to be where they are? Higher than Vancouver. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll give you that. Uh, really? Higher than Vancouver? Absolutely, yeah. I, I saw those three, Edmonton, Calgary, and Winnipeg. I Again, I believe in Markstrom, that he used to be our boy, right? I believe that he, <laughs> That's a he, good point. Can, he can steal games for you. Um, the resurgence of Goudreau, um, I'm happy for him. He's finally starting to find his scoring touch. He's not anywhere where he used to be. I do believe he needs a change of scenery, but now that they're doing so well, I, I'm not too sure that's going to happen anymore. Um, but yeah, I, I gave Edmonton, obviously... I, the credit where credit's due, they deserve to be there. Them, Calgary and Winnipeg, they're going to make it. Vegas, mm-hmm. St. Louis, and despite what you said in your previous podcast, Colorado is going to make the playoffs. <laughs> so you've got six yes, right guy. there. That leaves two spots left for Minnesota, Nashville, the California teams, which LA, Anaheim, San Jose, and then you got the Canucks. I'll give one to Minnie. I think Minnie's a nice, strong team. That leaves one spot left. I don't believe that the California teams right now are ready uh, to take that extra step just yet. Uh, they're they're riding a high. Their kids are playing great, blah, blah. But Anaheim's not ready. LA's not ready. San Jose's not there. I do believe Vancouver could squeak in at number nine, but I, I, I'm i fine year? with them missing it. I'm the, fine with them missing it this year. Do, yes. Do you think they still have a chance this year? Do they still have a chance? Yes. It's too early to go. Like, I feel that it's funny you've seen it time and time again when your stars miss the preseason right uh, and i'm talking about Pedersen and quinn yep. yes like they've come out like recently they're starting to come alive and starting to play like they, they're supposed to mm-hmm. um but whether it be the dynamic in the change room whether it just be their conditioning you've seen it with other teams time and time again there's something it affects teams whenever your stars are not there at the beginning of the season and it takes time. And sometimes it's just, by the time it does click, it's too late. Um, I will say like, as much as I'm happy uh, about the trade for uh, Ekman Larson by just dumping three large contracts. Yeah. One thing that was not talked about is that veteran presence that those three, even though they weren't performing all that great on the ice, uh, Erickson, Beagle and Roussel, like those are guys that have been around and like you take all it insulated the team. Yeah. True. You take all those guys out and now you got a completely different feel in that change room. 
I, I'm not surprised that they're sputtering. I, I was I wasn't expecting to give up two touchdowns with an extra point the last <laughs> two games. Oh, um, that hurts. But, <laughs> but but a loss uh, is a loss. It doesn't matter by how many. So but our penalty kill is terrible. We're last in the league. We gave up another two last night. Um, our defense is atrocious. I, I believe in in, Dem, in Demko. I'm happy it's his team. You look at the highlights. He's still, like he's the type of goalie that can steal games for you. I'm happy about Halak. Um, he hasn't worked out yet. He's 0-2. But together as a tandem, I like it. I, I'm I agree. happy with the goaltending. So and, it's coaching. So, Joel, question, question for you. you t- yes. What do you think about the coaching there. and the GM? <laughs> <laughs> Betting has been there for seven years. He's second to only Pat Quinn as the longest reigning GM. Yeah, in, that in feels Canada. gross. It is absolutely time for a change. I, having said that, it's also time for a change for Green. They, they like when he first started. I was a big <coughs> yeah. fan of his. The team worked too. hard for him. Yeah, but and it's a cliche. You hear it all the time. Oh, he's lost the room. He really has. Like they're they're not playing for him. Um, yeah. it, it, it's been great, and I'm ha- and I hope he finds a job elsewhere. But there's some great options out there right now. Mm-hmm. I I think it's time to I, a clean house. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I think the tipping point for me and I, Joel, uh, this isn't anything coming down on your team. I'd actually like to get your viewpoint as a Vancouver Canucks fan. When I'm listening to Sports Center this morning, Travis Green comes on and he's and the, I, I I I can't remember per verbatim, but the gist of it was he comes on and he says, "Well, you know, I actually didn't mind our game." Yeah, no. I I I got I got to be honest with you. To me, to me, I'm like, okay, can't like that the game. Disconnect here. Like, I I get like you can find little pockets that that worked for you as a coach, but you can't come out there and you can't you can't come out in front of the press, in front of the press and say, well, I actually kind of liked some. What are you talking about, guy? Like you just mentioned, you you know, you're giving up two touchdowns the past couple of nights. I mean, I I I. I I, I'm not coming. To, I I just want to know as a Vancouver Canucks fan, how like how did that make you feel? Because I mean, I've kind of I'm kind of in the same spot a little bit with Ducharme. He's kind of starting to rub me a little bit the wrong way. It's like, dude, there's a goddamn fire in front of you. Are you gonna kind of are you are you gonna kind of acknowledge it or not? Like, what's going on, man? Well, it, to me, it just spells like he's disconnected. He, he he's True. not grasping the severity of what's happening here. Um, from what I heard this morning, uh, the owner, uh, one of the owners, uh, I, I can never pronounce their last names, but uh, Aquilini or whatever it is. Aquilini. Yeah, Aquilini. There, he's actually traveling with the team now. He's gone on with them, and he's going to be going along ah, with them. That's positive. That's always positive. I love it. Boss comes it's around like, for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> what is going on here? Yeah. So no, I'm happy that he's. It yeah. sounds like there's a move coming. Closer look. Yeah. There's a move coming. You can sense it, and it's the only, it's the, the only logical step. You just resign two of your stars. What are you going to do? You trade them? You're not. You're not going to start getting rid of pieces. You've worked really hard to get them. This team as a whole isn't that bad. It just needs a new identity. And that starts with the coach. Um, quite frankly, the Oilers did, went out and they did that. And look at them now. It took them a little bit longer. Obviously, the benefit of having Drysaddle and McDavid is always there. So that's. A, but take that aside. This team is still has still has a, a winning identity with some some pretty good players. But um, I I was a little pissed off this week because it kind of went against what I told them they should do. 
<laughs> they weren't listening, obviously, and I'm upset about that, but I'll get over it. Um, but they, so they lost games that I felt they should have won. They lost to Buffalo and they lost to Detroit. Um, and a game that I thought would have given them more trouble, really, I watched it and it, it didn't look like they had any trouble. They beat Boston. Um, one thing I noticed though, is that for the two losses, they brought in their, their younger guy Skinner. So he was in nets for the two losses. Um, but the one against Buffalo, why like, I'm not pinning it on Skinner necessarily either. Like they, they just, there's something about Buffalo this year. I think he, I think they're going to play, they're going to play the constant role of, you know, we're going to ruin your, your hopes of what you're trying to get to. That's going to be Buffalo's play the, the whole season, I think. Um, so, but at the end of the day, the Oilers still show that they've got a no quit mentality. Um, they're going to be very hard to beat. Don't ever get a penalty against this team. And at the end of the day, McDavid is currently in the slump. Like he's in a McDavid type of slump. He's got Drysidel, who's picked up the slack. And now, right now, everyone is aware that Drysidel is amazing. And I said it before, and I'll say it again. I get pissed off when people don't put him at number two on every single player list because he is absolutely number two. There's not a team in this league that would not put him as their corner piece other than the Oilers because they've got McDavid. And honestly, it's it's frustrating to me. But anyways. Well, I don't blame you. When the season started, I, I would have probably put McKinnon as number two. Uh, but you can't deny... Dry saddle anymore. Uh, he keeps doing it. He's done it with and without McDavid. You're absolutely right. I he's number two for sure. And that's the that's usually the one that ends up getting put at number two is McKinnon. And I get that. I I honestly do. But McKinnon goes through these stretches where he underperforms. Um, and same thing. <laughs> You know what? I was about to say the same thing for Dreisaitl, but quite frankly, I have yet to see him underperform. I, I don't I feel... remember seeing him go into a slump. And again, McDavid, I would say, is currently in a slump. He's in a McDavid slump. He's still, I, I, I'm pretty sure he's still, uh, his points per game streak is still alive. So he's getting a point every game. But that's, for him, I feel like he's slipping in the goals category. I think he's, there's something, I think he's worried too much about where else he should be improving and <clears throat> maybe forgetting a little bit of what, about what he does so great. Um, if you're worried about goals, I, I'm concerned about Nuge. He's no, got that's 17 what I, points with a goose egg for that's goals what I was so say. far. Yeah, and I and the thing is, is everybody in Oil Nation is completely fine with it. And I was, I was for the first two weeks. I'm bothered by it now. This is not okay. You can't have 100 points and not a single goal. You can't do that. We just signed you to a contract. You better end the year with at least 20 goals. And right now, I'm worried he gets there. Like it, it's it's weird because it's kind of like Joe Thornton too. Like when he got to a certain point in his career, it, it took a while for him to get there. He was basically an assist guy. He you know land he if he landed at 15-20, that was a good season for him. But because he got like 80 assists, everything you know, he was obviously still one of the best in the league. But Nuge is not Thornton. <laughs> like. This just screams, if there isn't somebody to pass you, I can't get a goal. I can't right. get a point. And that's not good. Like, you just got a brand new seven-year contract. You pony up, man. Start picking up the slack a little bit. And I feel bad for Hyman. I think Hyman should be – he should have way more goals than he's got right now. He's doing everything right. He's such a workhorse. He tries all the time. He's just got so much effort and never gives. I believe he was even used on the um, – the penalty kill a couple of times this last week. So he's, he's good in every situation. Like he's just an all around player. 
I feel bad for him. His shots are all way up there. He's he's one of the top in his on his team, and Edmonton takes a lot of shots. So I, I feel bad for him. I think it comes eventually. Like it's again, it's a little early there, but I mean, I'm trying to find things to complain about. It's the Oilers for God's sakes. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say like Hyman's got eight goals in 13 games. Like, yeah. I don't know if you can ask for much better uh, from Hyman. Right, it's not it. that I'm necessarily asking for better. It's that he's putting in a better effort than that. I don't know if you watch uh, an Oilers game yet this season. When you do, you'll know when Hyman's on the ice. You know it. You can't. You can't not know it. He's everywhere he buzzes around like a bee he's all over the front of the net and he's taking five shots per shift he is frigging crazy he's got so much energy he's so good for this team he's such a good little hole but i yeah yeah hole plugger which is a horrible sentence by the way (laughs) hyman i hope you're listening no you know what for me in regards to your oilers marty (laughs) for me in regards to your oilers uh marty you know, of course, Hyman, you know, you've got Dry Settle, McDavid, all all of the, the regulars. The key for me was Pugliarvi. Figuring it out. Well, to me, it's the fact that he's able to come in. He's able to get onto your first line. He's able to complement that line. Now you can really start to put Dry Settle down to the, that second line. You don't, yes, you're, you'll go back to that McDavid and Dry Settle combo. When need be, you know it's going to work. You know what it does. But now you can set up the, the set, that second line with Dry Seidel. And you and I have talked about this before. And I feel that j- this is just as vital as some of the players you guys have been talking about. That third line. A guy like Warren Fogle for me. I, I you know, totally, totally not splashy. Nothing, nothing about this guy comes off the page. But he's just a great, great player that you can throw into that, that third line. Even you've talked about this guy, Marty, Kyle Turris. I mean, he's been on the fourth line most of the year, but is now sitting on the third line. I just find yeah. you've got a lot more people slotting into better places to allow that team to do what they're doing right now. At the end of the day, the, the Oilers are very good. We don't need to spend any more time on them. I, there's nothing to say. There's um, one more thing to say. Oh, there's You're, one more thing? You will not get anywhere with your goaltending. Absolutely but, uh, not. I have to say it. So I, at the end of the day, I, I think this is what happens. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure I already said this. They, they will make it to the finals. And most of that will be because of you'll get a decent enough run, either I, either Smith or Koskinen. I don't know who. But really, it'll be because of Leon, stop shaking your head no, and uh, McDavid. <laughs> Joel really doesn't like my idea. Um, and they will do exactly what Torts claims McDavid can't do, which is fill the net with goals. And that's exactly what will happen. They will fill the nets with goal. But then they'll get to a point, which I believe is the finals. And then when they get, sorry, believe. What I should say is I hope. Because if it's not in the finals this year, I'm really pissed off. I, I, it's, a, it's just another wasted year where what did you do? You went out and you re-signed Mike Smith to two years. He's injured. What like what did you think was going to happen? You're wasting years of McDavid. It's a it's such a stupid signing. Like go out, figure it out. Like do something better. You're the great Ken Holland. Like you might as well be Steve Eisenman. Go get me a goalie who's gonna stay in that. Like I don't know. Anyways, there are many different scenarios. But you're right. The goaltender situation is their biggest issue, and it doesn't get resolved in time. Maybe there's a trade between now and the trade deadline. God, I hope so. At one point, I know Mike. You've mentioned it a couple of times out of Anaheim, Gibson. 
I, I, it's not going to happen. I mean, the, the, I think the contract there is obviously going to be the problem. Or, but I mean, I was kind of just throwing it's that out. It's because Anaheim's to, doing well. There, well there's, a, mean, there, there's an excitement there now. I don't think Gibson wants to leave, and I don't blame him. Well, that's Although, the thing. I mean, I mean play you, with you were looking at more of a rebuild. You were looking at more of a rebuild for a little while there. Hence the reason why I was like, well, I don't know if there's yeah. a way to kind of, you know, get him out of there, pull him out of there type of deal. Yeah. It'd be it'd be definitely something that you're looking for, but I mean, yeah. I don't know what you could get done with that contract. I th- I think it's still got a number of years yeah. and obviously some uh, some uh, some money on that too. Well, you're both right. My goalie situation sucks, but pff, I don't care. My team are still my team's still way better than the, both years put together. So <laughs> deal with it. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm in the playoffs. You're on the outside looking and wishing you had half of what There's I got. There's so. the mic drop. There's the mic drop. <laughs> All right, so into our last segment, folks, Beauties and the Beasts. And Joel has actually been nice enough to give us uh, some of his own, but I feel like he's talked too much today already, so I'm going to go first. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be quick, though, honestly. there's I had switched mine. I had, for the longest of time, I had, uh, what's his name? Ah, t- help me out here, guys. From Los Angeles, Antanasiao. Andreas Athanasio. I got to stop saying last names. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so I I went out and I got a, a change of heart. I, I I know we're not saying the Penguins are making the playoffs, but I just love the way Evan Rodriguez has decided, you know what? I'm going to be this really great player who's got heart, who's got leadership, who's got all of a sudden all the right things clicking in all the right directions, and I'm going to be the only reason that Pittsburgh is above 500 right now, because really he is. Every time I've heard of Pittsburgh doing something and needing something to be done, Evan has answered the call every single time. Um, the way he stepped up for this team, 11 points, 15 games, you know, it doesn't jump out of the page. He's got six goals. But it's just the way he's showing that he's more than just a third-line right winger. He doesn't just fill uh, an empty slot because you need to. He could do more. And I kind of feel like that once Crosby and Malkin comes back, he's earned the right to play next to them if he hasn't already. And more consistently, and maybe the plays adhere to his skill a little bit. I know Joe's not going to like that. He's going to want Crosby to come in and do whatever the hell he does, <laughs> which is fine by me. I've got him in my pool, so we're good there. But um, I don't know. I think I think he earned at least one one week of being mentioned in our beauties because let's face it, he's he's the only great thing out of Pittsburgh right now. Sorry, that's not true. Tristan Jerry's really good too. He's uh, their goalie. He's definitely stepped um, it up. Shane Gossberry. No, we're not. We're done with Evan. Stop it. Stop talking. <laughs> so Shane Gossberry. <laughs> Well, Ghost of Bear. I say it for me, Mike, because I can't. Gostosphere. Gostosphere. <laughs> Not even close. Um, like I don't want to put a coyote in my my beauties, but I mean he's he's done something. Um, he, he's done something that I feel like I I have to mention at some point. I wonder if it's. I wonder if we should at least at, throughout the season have at least mentioned one player from every team. Maybe that's the angle I'm going with this. So let's get Coyotes out of the way because let's face it. Although, um, what's his face there? Phil Kessel just hit a milestone, the Ironman milestone there. He just passed third all-time or something like that. He's got 900-something. I saw it too. I can't remember the amount of games. Isn't that weird? The guy who loves eating hot dogs, all kinds of stuff, was always made fun of for being so big and everything and out of shape. He's got an Ironman. Did did you guys see this coming? What from Phil Kessel? Well, with Phil, yeah, for Phil no Kessel. Way. Did you, no, Never. I didn't. Did no. you know that he was even in the active street conversation? That I did. Just I gotta be honest. I didn't. It, I didn't. Just because it's a running joke. 
like it's, it's oh okay okay among people who are into hockey <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and do podcasts and things like that okay so no, mike and i don't know we got some work to do mike <laughs> So anyways, we do. but he, I, like, honestly, he's, so he did this last, he, he's done this before in his career, um, Shane, that is, um, where in 2007, he was actually, he seemed like he could take on more responsibility and play really well. All of a sudden it's like, oh, like he's actually a good hockey player. And then he just, he, there's a huge drop off with him and then he's gone for the rest of his, like for another five years and he comes back. This is just what he does every once in a while. Um, a couple of things that I wanted to mention out though, that oh, God, poor Arizona, like Chitron is a minus 20. Did you guys know that? He's a minus 20. Shane he scored his first goal of the first year goal. last night. Ah, that's disgusting. See, that's another reason why Scott's not doing so good. Um, Shane's a minus one. Okay. Like he's carrying that team defensively. <laughs> that's that's saying something because like Chitron should be a lot better than Shane, you would think. Um, because you haven't noticed, I've decided not to say his last name. Um, and he's got, you know, he's also got 13 block shots. He's playing five minutes less though, but still he's playing 20 minutes a game, 20 minutes a game. He's leading the team in points and block shots. And he's way better than Chicharron for the plus minus category. He's actually one of only six players who are in the positive. So what, what's funny is in, in Arizona as well, they, they do do it the old fashioned way in the, on their power play. They've got the three forwards and two D they're both on there. See what? Whoa. That is Should, weird then. Yeah. I, I don't get that. That doesn't make any sense. But that's definitely enough of Arizona. He's had, no, Mike. No, we're done. He's had, coming too late. <laughs> go ahead. Mike. Hey, no problem, man. <laughs> no, no, no it's all good, man. <laughs> no, wait, wait. it's all good. <laughs> um, my last beauty is uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, and and honestly, one of the main reasons I want to point this out is because this is crazy. With his forty-two save performance on Thursday, he passed Brodeur for the most forty-plus save shutout performances in franchise history. The team is playing very well in front of him, for sure. And with all due respect to the great Brodeur, whom I personally don't even like anyways, I believe it or not, I don't like Brodeur. I've never liked Brodeur. I, I think he's been more hype than talent. But anyways, that's for another day. Tom's um, ears are ringing. Yep, yeah, and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think we he and I have talked about this before. Um, but I do believe Mackenzie Blackwood ends up being the better goalie for this franchise if he stays, let's say, half as long as Brodeur. Really? Yeah, I think he takes it over. I, wow. I think I think this is a perfect stat to show because I like I wasn't a big believer in Blackwood before, but as he was been as I started looking him up because I think it was um, Jason had started with him in our league. He had him as a goalie for a little while, and I wasn't aware of him. Started looking him up, and then I was like, "Holy geez, look at his career!" And then something just made me think that, like, you know what, New Jersey's a good spot for him. The timing might be right. And I now when I saw that, I was just like, "Okay, that's it. He ends up being better better than Brodeur." It's a very early, very crazy prediction, but I just there's something about him in New Jersey. I think he really likes it in New Jersey. I think he fits in well. And I think New Jersey is doing good at finding pieces in front of him. I think it all starts to click. And this, when I saw that, I was like, wow, already beating Bordeaux in some stats. That's interesting. I mean, it's a, it's a very small, specific stat, but still, he's beating him there. And my beast is Al- <laughs> Alex Lafernier. Um, is he even, is he playing anymore? Is he there? I, I think he's there. He's in New York. He's in New York, right? The last time I checked, he was on the third line. Um, yeah, and I think he's second uh, second power play. I, this is this is the kind of stuff I we saw this with our friend uh, Chad Kilger, 
who had played in the uh, in the NHL, where I felt he got rushed to the NHL too quickly. He should stay back, um, you know, fine tune his game, figure out where he belongs, that kind of thing. Uh, with Alex, I think they should send him back. I think he belongs in the NHL, get big time minutes, get some confidence back in you before you come back. New York doesn't really need him right now, and I think this is just hurting him. And I could be wrong, of course, I could be wrong, but I. I don't see anything working out for him right now. It's just, I feel it, it might have been because the hype was too big and he feels himself personally sort of smothered by that. It could be, like I said, being brought into the system too quickly and expected too much. You know, anyways, I don't, I just, I'm getting nothing from him and nobody should be getting anything from him right now. Keep him off your, off your teams for a long time, maybe even in keeper leagues. Um, it's I tough because a lot of people paid a hefty price to get them, get him in their rosters, yeah. thinking that he was a chemist kid, and uh, yeah, mm. it's rough. I mean, I mean, look at look at Capo Caco right now. I mean, I've got him in our pool, and you know, lo- love the guy. He's he's been on Panarin's line all yeah. year. I know he was hurt for a little while, but yeah. I kind of find Leffer in the air and him are in a little bit in the same boat where. You're, you know, I'm still going to hold on here for a little while, but it, it does get pretty tough, right? And especially in a daily fantasy, it's yeah. something where you're like, you got to, you got to maybe move on from that file. Yep. All right, Mike, yours. I'm up. All right, let's do this. Um, I've also got a, a forward defenseman and a goaltender uh, this week. Um, starting off with uh, Rasmus Asplund. Out of Buffalo, 14 games played. He's got 10 points, four goals, six assists for a plus four, which I thought was pretty interesting in um, in Buffalo. 17:36 time on ice. So somebody's got to score out there in Buffalo. He's been playing on the uh, first power play as well, at least the last time I checked. And uh, not too bad of a player. I think he was a fourth round pick as well. So I mean, he's definitely that. He doesn't have this uh, top pick pedigree, but he's been doing well. Oliver Shillington out in uh, Calgary on Say defense. Say that again. Oliver who? Played. Shillington. 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 Yeah, it's spelled K-Y-L. Yeah, spelled K-Y-L, but it's pronounced Shillington. Yeah. Well done, Mike. Uh, I, I know, man. You're, you're... Thank hey, listen, when I come to the table, I come with it right, you know. Uh, he's got two goals, seven assists for nine points, plus three. Playing 16-27 a night. Uh, he's playing on a second pair, if I'm not mistaken. And my third uh, beauty is going to be John Gibson. Uh, not much else uh, to say other than he's been playing. He's been playing lights out in Anaheim. Seven two and two in eleven games played. Two forty nine goals against average. Nine twenty one save percentage. He's uh, he's definitely somebody that you want to take a look at if he uh, if he's on the waiver wire in your daily fantasy. And I don't know why, but I feel like I, I feel like that's like just a personally great thing to hear is that he's doing well. I don't know why. I feel like I I've always been a fan. For him. I've always been a fan, yeah, so it's definitely sure. it's definitely yeah. nice to see. I mean, and just the whole team. I mean, they really were seen as yep. not not a doormat, but not really going to be doing too much. And it's good to see them in there. I mean, second place in the yeah. division, so not too bad. Yeah. As my uh, beast this week, I've got uh, Rupe Hints out in Dallas. Uh, definitely letting a few fantasy teams down this year, guys, big time. Uh, um, yeah. th- this year, he got five points on the year, 13 games played, two goals, three assists. He's a minus five, so not so uh, hot in the uh, plus minus category. 
And his minute Dallas as a whole, though, right? Yeah, like, they've been. Uh, I don't know. It's been pretty tough. I mean, the guys, the guys even gotten uh, less time on ice too. He's down to six, 16 and a half minutes. Really? Yeah. So playing Whoa. playing third line minutes with Ben right now. So definitely somebody that if you can either ship him off in a trade or potentially time to cut bait here. Yeah. So if you can stash him, maybe hope for the best because maybe they've turned a corner. They got their new jerseys out recently, and they look freaking phenomenal. And they they won last night. And uh, and Pavelski even said it. He's like, it's it's about time. Like I'm getting tired of losing. So I feel maybe last night something got lit under there, and uh, they're gonna start turning things around. I'd say stash him because I feel like he's still got hope. There's still potential there. I think so. I mean, Dallas isn't for me. Dallas is kind of in that mushy middle, so to speak. I mean, they've got the team that could make a little <laughs> bit of a run, but in my personal opinion. Wow, that's getting to be quite an old roster for me. I mean, they got some nice pieces. True. Got some nice pieces, but I don't know. I think there's a, uh, I think there's kind of a bit of a switch that needs to happen there for me. Yeah. You're not totally wrong, Mike. You're halfway wrong. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, Mr. Guess. Go ahead. Who you got? My three beauties. Um, now, I do believe I sent you my three beauties and you hijacked one of them. So I'm going to have to go off the cuff I uh, did, eh? for one of them. Nice. Uh, that's all right. So I, I, was I, know which, I know which one. And you're right, Joette. I'm looking at your list right now. And I totally hijacked one of them. So I apologize, but it's not very professional of me. Come on my show and I, and I flatten one of your tires. That's not very good. I'll do better. I'll do better. I will ad lib. Okay. Um, I went after guys that, um, you know, I love finding guys that produce for your team all year round. You're happy to have them. You can't trade them away because you, you won't get the value that they're bringing. You don't have to worry about protecting them at the end of the year. They're just doing their job. Drop them, pick them up again next year if you can. Draw them Number again. One, yeah. No. Well, maybe they're at the end of the his career but yeah uh number one burns uh brett burns uh drafted oh. by ryan this year um whopping 27 minutes a game yeah. um san jose does it uh interesting their power play as well they their pp1 and pp2 is basically split right down the middle yes i said pp um it's split right down the middle and we can um, call it that <laughs> i've never heard anybody say it like that before that took me by what, surprise. PP one and PP two. Yeah, what is that? That's like that's like number one, number two. Like, come on. Yeah. Anyways, moving power on. Power play one and power <laughs> play two. Um. Anyway, so Burns got nine points in the last seven games. Uh, make that ten points if you count our fantasy. Uh, True. One extra point for a goal. Um. He's thirty six years old. Nice resurgence. Like he he seemed to be just going out a bit now obviously carlson's been out with covid he just got back uh but i don't see him slowing down carlson was also also was doing great before he went out but uh yeah happy to see that happen for burns um i'm gonna go with uh matt duchene yeah another guy he went undrafted um in our league it's his third year in nashville uh but he's having the best start since like 2018 when he was with ottawa ended up with columbus He's got 14 points in 14 games. He's scoring at a point a point a game clip. Uh, he's getting all the power play that he wants, and nobody's really there to threaten his role on this team. So uh, sure. uh, he'll easily reach 60 in my books, and uh, he'll threaten 70. 
Um, so yeah, so again, he's undrafted. He'd be a nice pickup at the midseason. Um, my next guy, my last guy was going to be Gostas Bear, but uh, mm. I'm going to go with uh, Andrew Kopp from Winnipeg. Uh, here's a guy nice. who, for, Ooh, like, yeah. career-wise, uh, he was flirting for what, like maybe around the 40, 50 point. Uh, and now all of a sudden he's at a point of game. He's playing like, I think maybe it has something to do with Sharks and Wheeler being out, but ever since they've come back, he's playing on the line with them. He's playing first line power play. Um, yeah, it's a nice little pickup and he, he's doing great. It's not a guy that you don't, you don't hear about in Winnipeg. You hear about Kyle Connor, you hear about Ehlers, you hear about Dubois even. Uh, and obviously Wheeler and, and Shifley, you don't hear anything about Andrew Kopp, but there he is. Like he's second in the team in scoring, I believe. Um, so yeah, nice little pickup. That's yeah. You know what? Kind of happy. I took your player from you. Cause that's a, that's a very good uh, thinking on your toes there. Joel. That's Thanks. solid stuff. You, you're stuck on the ice. You never know what happens. <laughs> well, so go ahead. Sorry. Uh, no. Do you want me to go into my beast or do you have something else? No, no, no. I don't go ahead. Go into your beast. Okay. Uh, my beast. And it's funny uh, because we, we talked about the Ironman. Um, there's one player, one active player that is ahead of Phil Kessel. And that is my beast. And that's Keith Yandel. Um, he <laughs> has an awesome, he started the season. Great. Five points in the first three games. Yeah. That's, yeah. Okay. But has gone scoreless in the last 10. Yeesh. Not a point. And he's leading like the team on power play one on a good Philly team. Uh, his playing time has gone down to about 16 minutes a, a game now. Um, and Philly's got other options, right? Like younger options got Provanoff. They, Probably, they yeah. brought in uh, Ristolainen. And mm-hmm. even like Sandheim, I really like. Um, but his eye streak is uh, it, there's a chance now that like, he's not going to be able to catch Doug Jarvis. Doug Jarvis is in the lead with 964. Yandel's at 935. So he's 29 games away. But I feel like this happened to him last year. There was talk of it last year with Yandel as well. And there was like, oh, is he going to, are they going to bench him? And yeah, but it didn't happen, obviously. He ended up, well, he ended up signing with Philly. And, but yeah, I'm, I'm starting to doubt that he's going to be able to make it. Like, are they going to keep him in there just because? Like, they're They're going to run out of excuses. Yeah. So, so he's my beast. That was a that's a beast of a beast. Well done. It's like you've been Agreed. on the show before. Um, well, all right, that's it. That's the show. That's that's the the first show with our guests. Thank you very much, uh, Joel, for books. coming on the show. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you come back actually, because it was. I know there's a lot of stuff that we would have liked to have sort of elaborated a little bit further on, and there's a couple of the topics I wanted to get in with you, but just, you know, just run out of time. You run out of time. Uh, it is what it is. But um, thanks so much for agreeing to do this. Thanks for having me on. Thanks a lot, buddy. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you're interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at two guys, a league, and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes at anchor.fm slash Tugalag. Or you can follow us on Twitter, where you can find all of our info. Our handle is at Tugalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Don't forget to like, follow, and share. Thanks for listening, and until next time.